Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, July 13th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, before I get into this week's precious metals news, just a little bit of housekeeping. I'm going to be going on vacation next week, but fear ye not, there will still be a Friday Gold Wrap. I plan to actually pre-record before I head out of town, so the next show is going to be a little bit different. I'm actually going to take apart a dumb Newsweek article I ran across that's trying to convince us all it's a horrible idea to invest in gold. So I think you're going to enjoy that one. So gold and silver prices were once again trending lower this morning. Both metals hit fresh 12-month lows on Friday. We've seen a rally in world stock markets. U.S. stock indexes hit multi-month highs overnight. That indicates very little risk aversion in the marketplace to bolster safe haven metals. As I record this podcast, gold is trading at 1241.80, silver is at 1587, and the silver-gold ratio stands at 78.46. As has been the case for the last several weeks, dollar strength, inflation expectations, and the trade war are pressuring the price of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar index hit a six-month high against the Japanese yen on Friday. When compared against a basket of six major currencies, the greenback was up 0.1% at 94.899. Analysts say solid inflation data and investor sentiment that the greenback stands to benefit from a trade war bolstered the dollar. Now, we talked about the relationship between the trade war and the dollar, and more generally, the greenback and gold in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, so I'll link to that one in the show notes page if you missed it. Speaking of inflation, U.S. consumer prices recorded their largest increase in nearly six and a half years through June 2018. The monthly pace continued to suggest a steady buildup of inflation that could keep the Federal Reserve on a path of gradual interest rate increases. The specter of these rate increases continues to be a major drag on the price of gold, but analysts seem to be missing the bigger picture. Inflation is good for gold. We've said this over and over again. That's one of the main reasons investors buy gold. It has historically served as an inflation hedge. Now, there's strong inclination to view inflation as a good thing in the economy. I guess that's because you have central bankers constantly talking about getting inflation up to that 2% target. Now, maybe it is good if you have a PhD in economics from Harvard, but from where I sit, rising prices aren't good. I'm going to guess you're probably not a big fan either. Ultimately, it means your purchasing power is decreasing. It drives me crazy when these pundits talk about strong inflation data like it's some kind of good thing. I think there's this sense that inflation is only going to go up a little bit. The Fed is going to raise rates and keep it, as they say, in check. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm with Peter Schiff. I see stagflation on the horizon. When the recession hits, and I don't think that's too far off, the Fed is going to have to drop rates and probably launch some more quantitative easing. The economy simply can't handle increasing interest rates in this debt-ridden economy. Speaking of debts, I saw a report in the New York Times this week about student loans. Not only are recent graduates getting drugged down by massive student loan debt, parents are starting to feel the effects. According to the latest data, student loan debt stands at a staggering $1.4 trillion, owed by some 44.2 million borrowers. According to data from the National Post-Secondary Student Aid Study, the average debt load at graduation for the 2015-2016 school year came in at $30,301. 
Here's the stat I thought was interesting. Average student loan debt per student has actually plateaued, hovering around that $30,000 range for the last three years. Now, that may sound like good news, but as the New York Times points out, one of the primary reasons student loan debt has leveled off is that students have maxed out borrowing under federal loan programs. That $30,000 is the max they can borrow as undergraduates. So as a result, parents are taking on an increasing level of debt to help their kids through school. A Department of Education program called Parent Plus allows parents to take out loans to help pay for their kids' schooling. The program has loans outstanding to more than 3 million Americans. The number of families enrolled in Parent Plus has increased by more than 60% since 2005. Borrowers in the program owe roughly $77.5 billion, an average of $22,000 per borrower, according to an education department, uh, education department figures. So the New York Times says that roughly two-thirds of PLUS borrowers were taking loans on behalf of students pursuing bachelor's degrees who had reached their loan limit in their senior year. So the kids have maxed it out. The parents are picking up the slack. Now, if you don't have kids or if you aren't paying on your own student loans, you may not think this is any, any big deal. It's not important. But this is really a microcosm of what's going on in the broader economy. Government student loan policies have created perverse incentives, and they've pushed the cost of it college ever upward. In other words, easy money and government policy has created a giant bubble. That sounds familiar, right? And as you know, bubbles pop. Now, consider this. The federal government guarantees these trillions of dollars in outstanding student loans. That means ultimately the U.S. taxpayer, you and me, hang on the hook for student loan defaults. The student loan debt is it's emblematic of a larger problem in America. When the student loan bubble eventually does pop, and it will, it will add to the already massive federal debt burden. It's just one more example of abuse that points to the eventual collapse of the U.S. dollar. Now, let's pivot to some fundamentals, gold supply. South African gold output saw its biggest drop in over a year in May, falling 16.2% year-on-year. This is another sign that the one-time world leader in gold production could be running out of the yellow metal. May's decline came on the heels of a 5.8% drop in production in April. It was the eighth consecutive month of declining output for South African gold mines. With the exception of a three-month surge in gold mine output last summer, the amount of gold pulled out of South African earth has been on a downward trend since the beginning of 2017, and actually going back further than that. Now, you might be thinking, that's too bad for South Africa, but so what? Well, consider this. More than 40% of all gold mined in human history came from a South African basin. These mines are now nearing the end of their life cycle. According to statistics published in South Africa, the country could run out of gold within the next four decades. Analysts say that at current production levels, South Africa has only 39 years of accessible gold reserves remaining. Get this. In 1970, South African mines produced 1,000 tons of gold. Since then, production has steadily dropped. The country only produced 167.1 tons in 2016. That represents an 83% drop from the 1970 peak. This is part of a bigger picture. Worldwide gold production appears to be declining. Many of the top mining executives responsible for supplying the world's gold say we're running out of the yellow metal. Mining executives are concerned because they are no longer finding large deposits to replace aging mines. 
Last fall, Franco Nevada Chairman Pierre Lassan said he expects a significant dip in gold production in the coming years. Just a couple of months ago, the head of the world's largest mining company went as far as to say we found all of the gold. Goldcore CEO Ian Telfer told the Financial Times, quote, we're right at peak gold here. Peak gold is the point where the amount of gold mined out of the earth will begin to shrink every year rather than increase as it has done pretty consistently since the 1970s. So are we really at peak gold? Well, that's hard to say for sure. I mean, a few major discoveries could change that narrative. Technological advances could allow miners to extract gold that is currently uneconomical to mine. But nearly all of the big players in the gold mining industry agree that gold production will at least plateau, if not drop off, over the next couple of decades. And many of the biggest players are talking about peak gold. Regardless, we know gold is scarce. It always has been. That's part of what gives the yellow metal its value. Whether we've reached true peak gold or not, it appears clear the gold industry is entering a long-term and possibly irreversible period of less available gold. Now, here's an interesting stat out of Australia. According to a recent poll there, 45% of Australians have never even thought about investing in physical gold. Think about that. Nearly half of the population hasn't even considered buying gold. I guess the fact that so many people have never even thought about investing in gold explains why 85% of Australians don't own any of the yellow metal. While this survey focuses on Australian investors, it likely reflects attitudes in the United States as well. Have you considered investing in gold? If not, you really should. At least take some time to talk to a shift gold precious metal specialist and find out more about the benefits of holding physical gold and silver in your portfolio. You can call 1-888-GOLD-160 today. Friday the 13th is a great day to make that call. If you read my Fun on Friday column this morning, you know gold sales volumes typically drop on Friday the 13th. So, hey, you might just get a bargain. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shipgold.com news. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week, even though I'll be on vacation.